Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Young Gorilla. And this is Damn Cam. And this is the Damn Cam and Gorilla Show. First and foremost, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, this show is being recorded the day after Thanksgiving, but we hope everybody gave thanks and had a big feast if you do celebrate Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm pretty sure Damn Cam had a big feast. I know I did. Oh, you already know my fat ass. You know I always eat good. Oh, yeah, definitely. Me too, me too. (laughs) (laughs) But today, on today's uh, Turkey Day episode, we're going to be talking about Trade or Keep. It's a new segment on the Damn Cam and Gorilla Show. We're also going to introduce a brand new game. And uh, we're also going to be talking about our two teams, the Philadelphia Eagles and Baltimore Ravens, a little bit on this episode today as well. Because, of course, there's a lot to talk about this week for both of our teams. So that is all going to be coming up right here on the Damn Cam and Gorilla Show. All right, let's go ahead and get started here, guys. We're going to start off with our trade or keep segment. It's basically the way it sounds. We got uh, two guys from the same team lined up. They play the same position. We got a pair of running backs, a couple of them, and then we got a pair of tight ends. So we'll go ahead and start with the running backs. You're going to pick one that you want to trade and pick one you want to keep. Both contracts are either soon to be up or going to be up at the end of the year. So let's go ahead and dive right in with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They got two running backs there. Uh, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. I'll go ahead and pass it over to Dan Cam. Who do you got here? Uh, so I like both running backs. Um, with the, uh, the value very high on Jones, though, I would probably say you trade him away <clears throat> and re-sign Leonard Fournette for a cheap two, three-year deal. Uh, they just drafted Vaughn from the past this past 2020 draft. Um, he could definitely take over the uh, backup running back role. Uh, Jones, like I said, High value right now. And I believe he's still in his rookie deal after the season. So I say you trade him away and get something going with trade capital or draft capital. My bad. Um, You know, they got to look forward to getting a quarterback. You know, they didn't resign Jameis Winston. You have Tom Brady on a two-year deal. Um, I probably – it's going to sound a little wild in this trade, but, like, at this offseason – you re-sign Chris Godwin, you trade away Jones and Evans, and you get some good first-round picks. Now, teams that would probably, if you were to just take Jones, um, I'd say like if you were to trade him away right now, you probably wouldn't get a first-round pick, but you could get a very high second-round pick. Um, if you throw in Evans with that bunch, you're, you're looking at a good first-round pick, mid-round probably, uh, probably between like, between 10 20 if you want that um you know they do need a quarterback after brady i don't know if they're going to wait till the following year uh but right now with jones i'd trade him why his value is high okay okay so i actually went the opposite here i actually have them trading <clears throat> for net and keeping ronald jones mainly because um, so in my honest opinion, you know, I go, you know, I like the younger talent because they just have better, you know, they're just younger and, you know, they're better in general, but, uh, Leonard Fernandez only got one year on him. He was taken 2017. Ronald Jones was 2018. Uh, but Ronald Jones has been very productive outside of his rookie year. He didn't get too many touches or attempts. He wasn't the starting running back, but, uh, 2019, uh, he only started nine of the 16 games in 2019, despite, you know, moving up. He had 172 attempts, seven, 724 yards, and six touchdowns, and he averaged 4.2 yards a carry, which is, 
you know, pretty good for someone on their second year as a running back. He was taken in the second round uh, in 2018. And uh, Leonard Fournette, you know, Leonard Fournette's a good running back, not taking anything from him. But in my opinion, uh, Leonard Fournette was just an additional weapon to add to a team that already had a plethora of weapons. Uh, you already talked about who they had. I can't believe you talked about trading away all those all those receivers. That's an interesting uh, argument that we could talk about another time. I liked that take. Uh, but in my honest opinion, that's how I saw them. That's how I saw it when they when they signed Leonard Fournette was basically just to have more firepower for the offense after you went and, you know, got one, you know, one of the biggest free agents in a long time, Tom Brady coming from New England. So that that's where I'm at with this. Uh, Ronald Jones is also doing really well this year uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's got 153 attempts for 754 yards and five touchdowns. So he's only one touchdown off from last year already. And he's already got more rushing yards than last year. And he only, and he has less attempts than what he finished with uh, last year as of right now. So Ronald Jones's productivity is increasing. I see where you're coming from with the, with the trade Ronald Jones while he's hot right now, but I think that Ronald Jones is the best option here uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, just to put a little bit more of an argument on that, do you see him producing the same as he's doing this year, the next season? Yeah, I could see it. I think that Tom Brady's going to finish out his contract with Tampa Bay and possibly retire. I think that he's just done now, but that's another, you know, conversation for another day. But yes, I do think that, you know, with Tom Brady coming back, Ronald Jones will still have the productivity. He'll still be able to get the touches. He'll still be able to get the yards. I think that he's a dynamic player on the field in general, not just with rushing. I think that he could also, you know, go out and catch a, you know, a short pass for some yards every now and then and be very reliable in that sense as well. So as a receiving target and rushing target, I believe his productivity will continue to increase. Yes. All right. Well, we'll find out. All right. Let's move on to our next set of running backs uh, Mm -hmm. from the Cleveland Browns. We got Nick Chubb. And Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is under contract through 2022. And of course, Nick Chubb drafted in 2018. He's still on his rookie contract as of right now. Damn Cam, I'll of course start with you again here. Uh, who do you got? All right. I think you know where I'm probably going to go with this. Um, you know, Hunt has, what, he's good through what, 2022. So do you trade away Chubb? and get a first-round pick out of them and figure out what to do with the uh, Browns' offense. Maybe, you know, get, like, another offensive lineman, maybe help in the secondary. Like, you know, they are struggling with the safety position right now. Um, I don't know who's coming into this following draft uh, as a good uh, safety or corner, but, you know, their, their safety positions were on, like, the weaker spots on that Browns' defense. Um the team all the way around, though, they have come a long way. Uh, I would say, honestly, though, you know, running backs are a dime a dozen. Okay, you have Kareem Hunt right now for cheap. You trade away Chubb before you have to pay him a shitload of money. Why his value's high, like I was saying with Jones. You trade uh, Chubb away, get a good first-round pick, or maybe if you want mid-round picks, you can probably get a couple seconds and thirds up in there and get some depth. Um, if I was the Browns, you know, like I said, running backs are a dime a dozen. You can get a replacement in the second round, third round. I would trade away Nick Chubb and then help fix that secondary and maybe the offensive line. For me on this one, I wanted to lean towards Kareem Hunt. 
but I was, but of course I'm choosing Nick Chubb. Uh, you know, one, he's got one less year than Kareem Hunt. He's also hasn't dealt with any injuries. Cross my fingers. I hope he doesn't. Obviously, I want to see him succeed. But Kareem Hunt's, you know, he's been dealing with you know knee injuries throughout his career. Uh, he's playing through injuries right now, actually. Uh, and I think that Nick Chubb is the healthier, younger, and more explosive option here. Uh, one, I want to go over what they're doing so far for the team. Uh, Kareem Hunt has been getting more of the touches for the running backs. Obviously, you know, you signed, you know, Kareem Hunt to the extension. So you want to use him as much as you can so you can get the money that you're paying for him out of him right now. So he's get, he's got 147 attempts to Nick Chubb's 96 but Kareem Hunt has 644 yards, 4.4 yards averaged, and four touchdowns. And Nick Chubb has 575 yards, 6.0 average yards, and five touchdowns. So Nick Chubb, even though he's got less carries, he's got and you know he's got less yards because he has less carries, but he's almost got the same amount of yards as Kareem Hunt with little carries. And he's also averaging more yards a carry, and he's also getting more touchdowns. He's more explosive right now, in my opinion. I also think that he's also a kind of guy that can, that can be reliable in catching the ball. Kareem Hunt is at, as well. But in my honest opinion, Nick Chubb is younger, and he's, and he's being super explosive already at such a young age. He's doing such great things. He already had uh, a, a, a season last year. He almost had uh, 1,500 yards rushing. So, uh, in my honest opinion here, just, just based on productivity as well and uh, everything else that I had talked about, I have to go with keeping Nick Chubb on this one. I can see it. Plus, I mean, he did miss a few weeks this season with the injury. That is I also mean, true. Hunt did take over the load. I don't know. that if The Browns have a really good position, though, with the running back situation. Cause you know shit. what? You know what I was thinking here? What if they just keep both of them? You know – I do like that, you know, you're the Browns, you know, they run the ball, very strong run game. You know, you don't see top five backs in the same backfield together, let alone, you know, with the same team. Like, usually they're gone. Like, somebody would, like, like you take it way back in the ways with, like, Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers when they got rid of Drew Brees and they kept Phillip Rivers. Like, this is like a Charger situation right here on the Browns, except they have the running backs, you know. You got their very young still. <clears throat> um both produce at a very high level. I mean, I like it either way. You know, you, you have trade value. You know, if you were making a strong playoff push or maybe the Super Bowl and somebody got hurt, you know there's going to be another team and another conference, a.k.a. the NFC, that might need a running back. Like, you never know. Uh, Alvin Kamara could get hurt and uh, Latavius Murray would get hurt. And, you know, maybe Taysom Hill won't fit the role as the gadget play much because, you know, there's only so much they could do. You know, they might be like, all right, look, we're already going to the playoffs. Uh, we'll give you a first-round pick for Hunt, and then you give us, like, a second or and a fourth. Like, the, Brown, the Browns they, dude, the Browns are set, honestly. Like, they've come a long ways after being, like, a shit-on team for the past, what, 20 years or so? Probably but, more. <clears throat> yeah, probably. But I like the Browns situation. I do like keeping them both. I do like the option of trading one or the other. It's it's a good situation. It's probably one of the better situations that we're talking about right now. Definitely. As a Ravens fan, of course, it scares me to see both of them in the backfield. But if you're Cleveland, I mean, it's the smartest option here. I mean, you know, maybe trade away one of them. But if you could keep both of them, 
why not? Because they're both very productive, like you said. And if anybody could be able to keep both these running backs and still be able to build around, you know, the franchise, it's it's the Browns because they've just been so bad the last like twenty plus years. They've got the capital to do everything that you know that they can do as of right now. So I think that, you know, just just you know, go with your best option here. If you can keep both, that's great. But uh if you if you need to trade one of them away for some pretty high up draft picks that you can get, like you say, you can get like a second round pick for both these guys, possibly even a first round pick for Chubb. So yeah, I, I, I agree on that aspect as well. Like, you know, the Browns looking like a good playoff contender, you know, they haven't had that look since what Derek Anderson's rookie year when the Browns went 10 and six back in what, 2004 or five. Or I think six. it was, oh, I think it was oh five. Yeah. So like now you're looking 15 years. Don't later, quote us. No, yeah. 15 years later, you got the Browns looking like legit for once, and the fans are happy to see it. You know, after Baker Mayfield's uh, rookie year with Nick Chubb, you know, they went on to being uh, maybe a Super Bowl contender because they got Odell Beckham in the trade. Uh, The head coach, you know, he wasn't a bad coach, but he wasn't a great one. And that was the reason why they couldn't get over the hump last season. You know, they struggled a bit. the Browns, you know, new coaching. They're looking very promising right now. Second place in the uh, AFC East. Uh, North. North. Oh, my bad. Don't quote me. Apologize, everybody listening. Hmm. I, love you, I love you all. All the uh, AFC on, North on fans just went cringe. It's okay. On to the next. Yeah, let's move on because this is actually from your team now. The last uh, group, we got the two tight ends that we were talking about comparing uh, Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. Obviously, we'll start with Dan Cam. This is his team. Who do you got here, Cam? All right, look, I love them both. And, you know, I'm going to say the same thing as I said for the past two. I'm going to trade Zach Ertz. Um, you know, people don't want to hear it. You know, he's very productive, obviously. Um, this year, not so much. You know, he's been hurt. Uh, he did struggle to get open quite a few. But, you know, team teams are playing us against, like, you know, the only good way we can win because we haven't had a strong wide receiver core in a while. And, you know, Zach Ertz is our number one target. So now teams are finally somehow only finally clicking on to like, all right, let's just cover him up, you know, make sure he's not getting open. Uh, Dallas Goddard, you know, he's a beast. He has proven to be a number one tight end in the absence of Zach Ertz, even with his presence on the field, Dallas Goddard can still get the yards. He can still get a touchdown when we need it. He can do something better than Zach Ertz, and that is run after the catch. Zach Ertz flops like LeBron James when he gets the damn ball in his hands. I love him to death, but he cannot run away from people. Dallas Goddard will run through people, break tackles. Uh, He can actually do a little spin move here and there, believe it or not. Zach Ertz just falls a lot. I don't get it. (laughs) But I I would say trade Zach Ertz. You know, New England would probably take him, uh, possibly the Saints, depending on how – uh, desperate as one of the other teams would be. Like, you know, Jared Cook, he's up there in age. You know, he's not going to be keep playing. Zach Ertz is younger compared to Jared Cook. So, I mean, if I'm if I'm the Saints and, you know, the Eagles, we all know we need depth on the offensive line. We need to get younger on the offensive line. Why not throw out a second-round pick for us? Why not throw, you know, maybe a second-third or a first and, like, a fifth, and we'll give them an exchange a second round and a third? Like, I know I'm not no GM. I know I could do better than Howie Roseman. Uh, I would love to have Zach Ertz go somewhere on a good team. You know, I love him and respect him so much. 
So I wouldn't trade into no shitty team. Like I would let like, all right, look, here's your <clears> options. I know you don't want to go to this team or that team. We have two other teams, for example. You know, there's playoff Super Bowl contending team, great head coach. Why not the Saints? You like them? They're offering us uh, a first and a fourth round pick for a second and third in you. I know people listening to this could be like, that's a little too much. But right now we need a future. So, I mean, we need to get an off- offensive lineman in this draft and a linebacker. So why not get our best options in the first round, you know? And if we needed somebody else that we like, you have two first-round picks now to play with. I mean, like I said, I'm not no GM, but I'm speaking from where I see it. People will disagree. People will agree. But I say trade away Zach Ertz. Resign Goddard after next offseason. Zach Ertz will thrive somewhere else, obviously, with his talent. You know, he's probably got a good about three to five years left in him. So why not send him to a Super Bowl contending team? We are, for the first time, in agreement, Cam. I got Dallas Goddard. Keep Dallas Goddard. Please keep Dallas Goddard. He is awesome. I love this guy, in all honesty. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's doing really good. Despite the Eagles' inconsistencies, he's been doing really well as a wide receiver. He's got 23 receptions for 263 tight yards. Tight end. I'm sorry. Tight end. Sorry, yeah. you're right. He's first a tight end. I grew up and now it's you. You're right. Wow. You're right. Wow. They're tight ends, not wide receivers. <laughs> but a tight end with 23 receptions, 263 yards, and two touchdowns right now. He's got 11.4 uh, yards a catch right now averaged on the season. So he is producing right now, even though he hasn't gotten the ball too too much. But in 2018, he only had 33 receptions for 334 yards. And in 2019, 58 receptions for 607 yards. And in both those seasons, he averaged over 10 yards a catch for uh, games where he was getting catches. so And he's also got nine touchdowns between the two seasons, despite, you know, not having too many receptions with all the other targets that Carson Wentz was throwing to. Um, so I think that he is producing, despite being only uh, little bits each season at the moment. But I think trading Zach Ertz in this scenario will definitely help out Dallas Goddard in that and get his receptions up. Uh, Zach Ertz has been in the league since 2013. And I think that, uh, you know, he's got the resume to back it up. 549 receptions, 5,921 yards, and uh, 36 touchdowns uh, on his resume for his career. So I think that he could definitely go and help out a team who needs a tight end right now. Uh, Goddard is the younger option, obviously, so that's why I'm picking him. But it's not just that reason because, you know, Zach Gertz is a great tight end and everything like that. I just think that, uh, you know, for long-term purposes, keeping Dallas Goddard will help this offense thrive because he's honestly the best offensive weapon that Wentz has, in my opinion, on the team right now. So, yes, please uh, keep da- Dallas Goddard. But because of us trading up and getting Dallas Goddard, you you look at it, what, two seasons after that <clears throat> to this season, and now it's really bit Dallas in the ass, you know. they They had to be petty and get a wide receiver in the first round. But I don't know if that's actually the reasoning, but they knew we needed a wide receiver really bad. They seen a very talented rookie wide receiver in CeeDee Lamb, so they were like, we're going to take him and make sure Philly don't get him. I mean, it'll probably work out in Dallas's offensive favor, obviously, within the next few years. But, you know, you look at their struggles now, the team's not that bad, but the injuries do not help them. They have, But they could have easily drafted somebody to help that horrible secondary of theirs. Um, 
that's what I would have done. I would have drafted somebody like a safety or a corner in that first round pick. I wouldn't draft no wide receiver that I don't need when I have two very good, talented wide receivers already. I like the take. Uh, back to what we were talking about. Yeah, Zach Ertz, I do think that he would thrive on a team like the New Orleans Saints, possibly the Houston Texans maybe. They could use a better tight end over there. They don't really got much to work with over there. You know uh, what? You're right. I actually didn't even think about that team. Yeah, I mean, they got they got some receivers still. Like, Will Fuller's doing really good this year. Uh, obviously, trading away DeAndre Hopkins was the worst move in the offseason ever. But, you know, they don't really have a star-caliber tight end. And adding Zach Ertz to that, you know, would give, you know, Deshaun Watson another really good weapon in Houston to work with. You know, you know what? Zach Ertz would like that. You know, he's got a young quarterback. Very promising, obviously. He's shown it. He's gotten better in the pocket this season. Uh, I know their record doesn't show the talent on the team. Uh, obviously, they have some keys they need to fill. But let's say this, right? Say we trade away Zach Ertz. Say the Jets fire Adam Gase and they sign a promising head coach. Why not help Sam Darnold give, give him another weapon? That's interesting, too. That's if Adam Gase gets fired. Now, I know everybody's like, well, of course Adam Gase is going to get fired. But, I mean. There's no signs of that. I would have fired him already. And this is why the Jets are a sorry excuse of a fucking team. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess I guess if, if, if a miracle were to happen for the Jets organization, yeah, I think Zach Ertz could really help out the Jets and exactly. Sam Darnold. Why, why not get their second-round pick? Maybe it's going to be the 33rd overall pick or the 34th or 35th. Why not us trade for that and we'll give them – you know, maybe our second round pick in exchange, but we get like a, a third round out of them and we'll give them like a fourth and a fifth. I would like that. You know, people are like, why are you giving away so many picks, Cam? Look, you get the value why it's there. You don't, we, we haven't had a GM yet that can draft very good mid rounds. Like, you know, the, the Chiefs with Andy Reid and their scouting and all that, dude, they, they pick up players in the middle of the fucking round and they get stars like uh, Tyreek Hill. Uh, you got they had Kareem Hunt drafted what the don't quote me on this it was either the second or the fourth round I believe <clears throat> one of those two maybe a fifth I gotta look back into that so I'll keep y'all posted on that one but you know Kansas City they can draft well Seattle they never draft good with the first round pick but they'll get somebody good out of like mid round picks I mean they got DK Metcalf in the second round they got Russell Wilson in the third round they drafted Richard Sherman in like the sixth or fifth round, I believe. Like the Seahawks are notorious for finding guys past the second round and being first round caliber talent. Yeah, that's why they hand out their first round picks for people. Like they gave the fucking uh didn't they give the Texans a first round pick for Jadavion Clowney? I don't I think Jadavion Clowney went into eight free agency. Hmm. I, I swear they traded him for a first round pick for him. I don't and then, Oh, you mean I, like I the Seahawks got him for a yeah, first-round pick? And then I'm pretty sure after that, uh, they what? Then they fucking trade away their first-round picks for Larry or Larry Tunsil, whatever his name is, the left tackle or right tackle from the Dolphins. And you know the Dolphins struggled last year, obviously with that trade. But I mean, Dolphins are doing good now. They got a great coach, good good young team on the rise. You know, I like them. 
But let's get let's hop, let's get off this topic and let's get to the next one. Let's talk about our recap on our teams. Let's talk about the Ravens game that just happened this past week. And I'm going to let you go from here. Man. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. Where do I start? <laughs> this, I mean, we got bullied. We got, we got harassed in that game. Mainly, you know, I wasn't I, – I, first of all, let me just say, the disrespect from the Titans organization – that was just ridiculous. I don't think I've ever hated a franchise more than I have right now for the Titans, mainly just for the blame disrespect. You know, it's like, you know, you guys beat us last year in the divisional round really pretty good. Like y'all beat us hard. Like y'all made us look bad, even though we were a 14 and two team, but like y'all, y'all don't even come out and, you know, give us like the credit. You're just going to come out and step on our logo you know, try, you know, you know, stand over it, laugh at it. And then, you know, the only guy who's coming out is the head coach, you know, showing his balls, showing his cojones. And he's going out there, uh, you know, yelling at these linebacker guys who are twice his size. And, you know, but it's because, you know, John Harbaugh has been with the franchise since 2008. Of course, he's going to be mad that a team comes in to his home stadium and just steps on the logo, disrespects it and doesn't, you know, and just, and then, you know, and then it, it's just it's just so upsetting to, you know, to see something like that happen. And then, of course, you know, we were playing really well. We were, you know, we you know, we've had a lot of inconsistencies lately on a, on a couple different fronts. But, you know, for for the most part, for the first half of the game, we looked pretty solid. We were up 21 to 10 and then everything just started to go downhill as usual. Same old same old story for the Ravens this year. First half goes well for one side of the ball. And then it, it flips over for the second half of football. It's 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 ridiculous. It's been that's what I think is the mo. It's it's been both sides of the football's inconsistencies, not just one person or two or three or four. It's 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 both sides of the football. They have to take blame for it. So the game the game was upsetting. It was something a game that we had won that we should have won, and it just turned awful very quickly. And I was very upset. Obviously, I still ha- I still believe that we can you know we can still win at least ten games this year. Uh, I I hope we can make the playoffs. I, I I say we can still make the playoffs because I believe in my team. But a lot of people are counting us out right now, mainly because the Browns have an easier schedule and they're doing really well this year, uh, for the most part. So I, I couldn't count the Ravens out. Like you know they have their struggles right now, but like you know the team's very well built. You have a great head coach. That team, they're going to have at least 10 wins. You know, they might go 10-6, maybe with injuries or whatever. But they'll they'll get everything back on track when it matters. I already know that. <clears throat> now, I just want to see them get over the hump in the playoffs. That's what I would love to see. Oh, I team, would love to see it, too. very promising. The team's very promising. Yeah, man. Uh, so, with, with that said, I want to move in to this week and everything because – after the Titans game, everything just started to go even more downhill. Obviously, people know about Lamar Jackson testing positive for coronavirus. He's out. We actually just got an update that the Ravens-Steelers game was pushed to Tuesday night. Yep, doubleheader. So, uh, Tuesday night, we'll have a game. And then what upsets me about this, though, yeah, it's you know it's our fault on personnel-wise. We should have been... You know, we should have been making sure that our coaches were reporting symptoms, blah, 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 stuff like that. Um... So I am I am concerned because we do have to play the Dallas Cowboys two nights later on Thursday night now, thanks to the Tuesday game schedule. 
So we will have to play the Steelers Tuesday night and then two days later go and play the Cowboys in Actually, Baltimore. I've seen they were pushing that back. Um, I believe they're pushing it to the Monday night. That's where I met with the doubleheader. I believe they're actually pushing it to Monday night football. What, the cow? The Cowboys? I mean, I'm sorry, the Bolt, the... Are Ravens, you talking about the... Ravens and Cowboys game. Is getting moved to Monday night? Yes, yeah, so I've seen it pop up on my uh, Sleeper League. Uh, where is that? It is... All right, <clears throat> so Steelers and Ravens games moving to 8 p.m. Tuesday night. And right. then the Ravens and Cowboys game tentatively goes from Thursday night to a Monday night doubleheader at five something. Okay. I did. They didn't, they didn't, uh, they didn't say that in the message. It just said that we were getting, they they just did it like right before we started this uh, intro for the podcast. Uh, It popped up on my sleeper league uh, app. Okay. So, so yeah, so, so now the game is moved, which I figured the game was going to get moved because we already have 12 team members on the current roster positive for coronavirus. So obviously, and the positive tests were still coming. So it, it, it makes sense for them to push it back. Obviously I didn't want them to move it to uh, the extra week of football that was approved by the NFL. Nobody wants that. Obviously we want to see these games played. I still want to see the game played even without Lamar Jackson, because I want to see my team go out there and still be able to do it, you know, through all of the injuries, all of the COVID positives, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, of course, I still want the game to be played. I'm not that guy who's like, oh, yeah, let's not play. This will be easier. Lamar can come back and we'll be able to play. No, I still wanted to see my team play. I still wanted to see them play Thanksgiving night. Obviously, that didn't happen. And I, that was like the best line. That was the best matchup, you know, of the night, in my opinion. But the other games didn't disappoint, thankfully. <laughs> but obviously, I wanted to see the game played. I'm very upset that... uh that personnel wasn't taking the virus seriously enough. Obviously these are hard times and we're, we, you know, contact sports were almost canceled entirely. We were lucky to have the NFL season. And of course, everybody is thankful for the NFL season this year, still being able to play through COVID and, you know, players were able to opt out and stuff like that. So, you know, everybody knew what was coming. So it's just, it's just a hard time. Obviously, obviously I want to see these games get played, even though, Lamar Jackson's out. Most of our offensive starters are out. Obviously, everybody wants to see football get played. Everybody's thankful for the season this year. Coronavirus is a bitch, obviously. So, you know, we got to take account for these things. And I'm glad that they were able to still get the game moved back to Tuesday and still have it played uh, at some point this week before the next week of game starts. So I'm glad that they were able to get something together um, and, and, you know, work around moving the games. It's, it sucks when your team has so many positive tests. It's very disappointing. Obviously, the Titans knew about that. They had their issues earlier. And I do feel bad for the Steelers a little bit because, you know, it's not their fault that these COVID tests are happening. They're being safe. You know, they're they're playing it smart and stuff like that. And they had to re- and they have to have multiple games rescheduled, you know, on their schedule because of other teams, you know, incompetence with the virus. So I do feel bad. For the Steelers somewhat, I, you know, I do feel and I feel bad for my team because, you know, obviously, you know, we don't want to see this happen. I don't think the guy's meant for this to happen. You know, when your strength and conditioning coach, you know, fails to report symptoms, there's not much that you can do except for making sure that all of your staff is being diligent with reporting symptoms uh, every single day when you're coming to the facilities, because that's what these players are risking. They're risking, you know, their health 
to go out and play football. And it sucks when personnel is the reason for positives and stuff like that. Cause the, you know, the teammates are being safe and stuff like that. And you have to, and you know, you need to make sure that you're also expressing that to your staff members as well to make sure that they're being as diligent as the, as the actual active members of the roster with the coronavirus. So yeah, it's been a very, it's been a very disappointing week for Ravens fans, but you know, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. I think that, you know, like like you were agreeing with me, ten wins at least for this team, despite the injuries, because they're just you know they're just a talented team, in 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 general. They've always been notorious for defense, even though the defense hasn't been as blockbuster this year as it's been in past years. But you know, we still got that. You know, we're still you know set up for that notorious style of defense. Um, I think that we can get it together, passing wise. As long as, you know, the as long as, you know, all of our guys who tested positive were able to come back. Obviously, we can't do nothing about the offensive line injuries. All those guys are all done. The guys who are injured are out for the season. So not much we can do with that. But, you know, hope that our guys who tested positive from the offensive line who's still there are able to come back uh short and, and sweet. So I like I like them. So I'm not I'm not. I'm that. still I'm still like I said, I'm not counting them out. Yeah, because I still believe, but I know a lot of people are. Yeah, you can't. It's too early to do that. I mean, the NFL is a weird thing. Like, you know, you see teams like the Texans who started off the season at what, 0-4 and, and then make it to the playoffs. And they were like, projected, what, actually. Years I think so, yes, two years ago. But they were actually projected to start 0-4 because of how tough their schedule was the first four weeks. They did have to play the reigning Super Bowl champions and the 14-2 and Ravens coming at the start of the season. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, we got a bunch of teams, you know. A lot of teams can start off shitty and then get hot when it matters, and then everyone fucks up, and then they get that playoff spot, and then they go wrong. I'm also just a little, you know, obviously a lot of people, a lot of the haters are going to say that this game will be easier for the Ravens without Lamar Jackson because of his incons- because of his inconsistencies. Uh, but the way I see it, you know, how can you expect a guy to have – a back-to-back MVP, back-to-back MVP-like seasons, you know? Because last year, he won the MVP, so there was a lot of expectations for him. And now this year, he hasn't really been, you know, doing much of the running. He's been, I think he's just been trying to force too many downfield throws. Last year, he was just letting them come naturally with the way the run run option was set up. I know that some teams are starting to, you know, figure out, you know, the run option plays with the Baltimore Ravens. But, you know, that that's what Lamar, you know, that's what the offense is there for. There's so much diversity on the offense that we can, we have the ability to do creative plays. You know, we don't have to do the whole, okay, you know, run it, you know, obviously it's first down. So we're going to run it or, Oh, it's third and it's third and uh, third and one. We should just run the football instead of pass it, you know, cause obviously they're more of a running team than a passing team. But I, I think that they can do, they can do it either way. It's just the fact that I think that Lamar is trying to, to force throws and he's trying to like match his his amount of talent that he you know that he produced last year the MVP level amount of talent he's just i think he's just trying too hard to to repeat it and try to do it again and he's just forcing too many throws and you know he's not making decisions quick enough so you know it, it's just there's a lot of stuff that goes into it i don't think it's all on lamar obviously like i said earlier both sides of the ball have a, have some inconsistencies that need to be worked on but let me let me ask you one thing. Sure. Do you think 
Do you think Lamar's MVP season really got to his head and now he's just trying to be kind of cocky? I don't think season? that he's – obviously, you know, young guys get cocky. We get cocky, you know, especially when you're a guy like Lamar Jackson who did have an MVP season like he did. So I think there is a little cockiness behind it, but I, I don't think it's all in his head too much. I just think that he's trying – I think that he he's just trying to repeat the season again too hard. Like that's why he's forcing too many throws and, and all this other stuff because he, he just wants to do it all again. But I think he's starting to realize that it's not like that and he needs to start getting it back into gear. Cause I could start to see it during the, during the Patriots game, his, you know, his face when plays wouldn't go his way and all this other stuff. Cause you know, last season, his attitude after plays really showed like, you know, his emotion for the game. He loves to play football. But this year, you know, he hasn't really been showing that emotion. I think he's just been thinking that, oh, he's going to he's gonna do it again. He's going to be able – I didn't think that we were going to be 14-2 and two or better again. I honestly thought we would finish 12-4 and four, uh, at the beginning of the season the way our schedule had looked. Because obviously nobody – I mean, the Steelers right now are undefeated, but I don't see them going undefeated. If they do, that would be cool. But I didn't think anybody this year would be able to go undefeated just because of how crazy uh, everything is. Uh, this year, honestly, I don't really see the Steelers doing. Too I much agree. In the playoffs, like it just depends on what team they get matched with. It's just who they get matched with. But I don't fear the team overall. I mean, you know, the Eagles—they had their problems right now, but they put up a hell of a fight for a fucking confused team as themselves against the Steelers. I mean, they crawled back into it. Then they had a fucking. Uh, New the new guy uh, Travis Fulgham, you know he had his breakout game against them. So I mean the team's not very intimidating to me. I mean if we can keep up with it, with the, the amount of problems we have, then anybody can. Yeah. Oh, so overall, uh, yes, uh, I'm disappointed with the whole coronavirus situation with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, yes, I still want to see this game get played this week. Um, you know, if it has to get pushed to the extra week of football for pandemic purposes to make sure everybody is healthy, so be it. But if it can, like, it's going to get played this week, great. RG3 is going to go out there. Hopefully he has a good game uh, and stays healthy because right now he's basically the only quarterback on the roster that is uh, eligible to play right now. So uh, let's just hope that he stays healthy and has a good game. Uh, and everybody who has to step up with the absence of all the starters is able to step up and do their part. Uh, that's that's all I want. I want to see the football game. I want to see my team strive in circumstances like this, obviously, because w- it would be so great to just say, hey, we beat the Steelers with backups. I like. All right. So you want. Yeah, to man, that's basically Eagles, all I got to say about my team. Without taking too much time. All right. So, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> so, I'm going to keep it pretty short with this one. You know, I've already talked about a lot of problems with the Eagles. So, honestly, when I watched the game, it was a very angry angry game for me. You know, our defense, I already said, the Browns weren't going to run all over us. They didn't. The only reason why Nick Chubb has the stat line he did is because he had one good run. You know, and I'm not saying this happened and or it didn't happen, but I've had a lot of people talk about that game. They said there was a holding uh, penalty that should have been called on them when they had that run. 
I didn't see it, so I can't say anything. But but prior to that, if Chubb Chubb doesn't get that run, let's say that run never happened. He only he had 19 carries for 60 yards without that 54 yard run, which is which is great for you know that's for your defense being able to stop a guy like that. Yeah, and I I already been said that we could shut down and control their run game, and and uh, Kareem Hunt he had more carries than yards, so the team didn't affect me at all. I knew it was gonna be a close game. I actually predicted the score for us to win 23 to 17, but obviously the Browns won 22 to 17. I already knew the game was going to be like that. I just thought we, you know, we'd be on top. Um, <clears throat> watching the game, though, the refs did fuck us up. So the Kareem Hunt touchdown, prior to that touchdown happening, the play before, Baker Mayfield scrambled and he fumbled and we recovered it. But they try to say that his forward progress was done and they blew the whistle. So we didn't get the fumble recovery. Like they just said, "Oh, play was dead." That was a big game changer because after that, Cream Hunt runs in, gets a touchdown. I mean, anything could have happened. You know, we might have punted, but I mean, they wouldn't have scored right there if we got the damn ball like we should have. But you know, for some reason, the refs this season. Cause I've been, I like I watched it a lot this year. The refs have been blowing the whistle a lot early when it comes to players running through people. And like I'm like, dude, you can't just be blowing the whistle. Like he like the Lions game. Adrian Peterson was still plowing through people, and they blew the play dead. So instead of them having the first down, they ended up going to third and one. Like, you can't you can't do that. Like, if you see them still moving forward or backward, in my opinion, like they're going backwards. The referees have ma- the referees have made a lot of like of bad moves this year. It's weird. It's like we know the referees mess up every year a little bit, but this year has just been a lot. No, like. I mean, fortunately enough, we haven't seen a fucking shitty missed pass interference call since the Rams. I'm sure we'll get uh, one this year in the playoffs. But <laughs> we'll see. But like, but I'm like I'm saying, like, dude, you know, seeing it all throughout the league, players are getting progression and yardage, or they get pushed back and they blow the play dead there. Like, no. I don't know why you do it. Let them play until someone tackles him. Because, I mean, anything can happen. Like, you know, you have one of the greatest players, you know, with uh, Barry Sanders and all of them. Like, dude, they were they were getting hit and pushed back, and then they can get out. Rules have gotten a lot softer, play. though. And it sucks. Yeah, I know, and it I sucks. Like, we, I every football fan players. agrees. I understand player safety. You know, I don't agree with, you know, ramming your head into somebody. Like, that's to save yourself on top of the other person. But, like, Stuff that's so simple that you know, you mean you could get hurt, but it's the game. You know, it's a contact sport. That's what you sign up for. Exactly. You know, players should know what they're getting themselves into, and they do, and they still make the big deals. Now, all the older generations, you know, they had a little different uh, look into that. You know, they didn't understand this until over time how the injuries happen to people over time. But you know, like I said, you know, you got players getting hit. And they and like they're still going, and you know they blow the play dead, and it's like why are you blowing the play dead? You know anything could have happened. You know at least count to like give them like five seconds that the pile's getting pushed back because anything could happen. That's like saying you know you stop Derrick Henry short, but like you know damn well he ain't going down yet, but you're gonna blow the play dead just because he got stopped with like what you give him one second to try to get out of it, and nothing happened. No, you gotta give him a second or like five seconds at least, but. Um, you know, Carson Wentz, 
the the two interceptions that he had in this game, the first one I could put on him. Yes, you know, he got hit as he threw it. But at the same time, you know, he – so Jalen Rager was open down the field. You know, he didn't look his way. He didn't do a proper read. All right, so I'm going to put that one on him. The second one, you know, Alshon Jeffrey's been a, an annoying problem lately. You know, he's not trying. He's not giving it his all. You have uh, that second interception in the fourth quarter. Jeffrey didn't even try to jump – the ball and let Denzel Ward take it. Like he just hopped up like a little bit and then just fell down. He did not try anything to stop it. He didn't try to hit him. He didn't try to strip it or even try to catch it. He just gave up on it. You can't be doing that in a game that's on the line, let alone any play. You know, you sign up for the sport, you make the money to make the play. Whether like, you know, if you got the interception, you know, at least try to make some effort to tackle him. Like, don't just fucking flop. That shit aggravates the fuck out of me, you know, and I'm saying that not just for my team, but others, you know, and then here we go again with Doug's play calling, you know, he likes to do these dumbass gadget plays, he gets away from the run, you know, Sanders had a decent amount of carries, 16 for 66 yards, but, you know, he was averaging like, what, 4.1 yards a carry, Now, kept going. real quick, I wanted, to, real quick, I wanted, to, I wanted to say something since you brought up Doug Peterson, now I know the Eagles have some incons- inconsistencies and stuff, but... In my opinion, because I know we've talked about this before, and I know a, a couple people who have said that Doug Peterson is the problem. But in my opinion, he he may you know this year he's a little bit of the problem for this year, mainly because of the play calling. I know we talked about that uh, one day, but um, and 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 in entirety, I don't think that Doug Peterson is the problem because he won y'all Super Bowl with backup with a backup quarterback. Yeah, yeah, and I mean I'm not blaming him for any other problems besides play calling. That's that's all I have to say. He's a great coach. I mean, he's made it work with fucking the practice squad for the past fucking three seasons. So I mean, if he he hasn't missed the playoffs since he first started with the Eagles, you know he he did decent with a Chip Kelly dismantled Eagles team, and you know he kept them like a decent record seven and nine. Next year, good Super Bowl, uh, nine seven and nine seven. You know playoffs, but um, he's shown that he can make it work. But this year, I mean, us not having an actual offensive coordinator doesn't help, and our GM is trash. He does not know how to fucking draft. He doesn't listen to the scouts that we pay for, and he goes with his fucking little gut instinct and wants to draft a quarterback instead of getting a linebacker. But other than that and all this bullshit, because I've already said this in the previous podcast, that's all I have to say on this take. Uh, We... We hopefully there's some good change in the off season, but that's all I got on this. Yeah, just a quick, quick little uh, wrap up for the Eagles here. You know, I'm uh, I root for them. I'm hoping that they do well because, I, like I said, Carson Wentz is talented. I just think that he needs to step it up a lot more because that's what you're paying him for. So uh, I think I think he'll definitely need to you know <laughs> step up, and he knows it obviously. So I'm hoping that you know that you know what 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 ugh, sorry with what he's got right now. I think that he can still win a couple games. They still have a chance to win the division, despite being knocked out of first place for the first time in a couple weeks. So I think they just need to take a deep breath, and they need to look at the last couple weeks, and they just need to figure out where their strengths are in all those games. Because I know that the games haven't looked that well, but if you go and look back and just look at a couple strengths from the games, you might be able to use that for the future games. I think that's what they need to do right now. Because, you know, like I said, Wentz, 
when still is talented, but you know, he's, he's starting to regress. So you got to get, you got to get him out there and get him, get him going. All right. That was a lot, but you know, the Eagles and the Ravens, man, this year has just been quite a year. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, when we return, we got our new game coming up. It's called say it with me, cam. It's about that. About yep, that's that. right. It's a new game here on the damn Cam and Gorilla Show. That's coming up next. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the damn Cam and Gorilla Show. So we're going to introduce you all to something that me and my boys came up with. It's a little bit of our lingo. So as we said before the break, we said about, about that. So basically what that means is when we say something and the other doesn't agree, Somehow, in some way, it started off going, yeah, about that. So, you know, anybody, right. so I know we're going to have people listening to this that hang out with us. So you already know how the lingo works uh, for everyone new to it. That's basically how it works. It's just all a disagree- uh, disagreement. So for this segment, I'm going to introduce a team over the final score and yada, yada, yada. Now, if I don't agree with that, I'm obviously going to do that about that. So to start this off, uh, Gorilla, I'm going to uh, talk about the Tampa Bay versus Kansas City game. Who you got winning it, and what's your score prediction? So uh, my hot take on on this game right now is I got the Chiefs smashing the Buccaneers in this game, 38-13. to 13. Why? Because nobody's going to see it coming. But if anybody can blow out anybody, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. They just got such an explosive offense with McCole Hardman, and they've got Tyreek Hill, and they got Sammy Watkins, and they got that rookie Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the backfield, mixing it up, doing real good. And of course, you got Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl MVP, reigning Super Bowl champion, also just throwing a bunch of darts out there. Um, and the Tampa Bay has just been in a lot of controversy lately. Uh, Bruce Arians and Tom Brady not getting along. Guys are getting overthrown for their passes. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, yada, yada. So I don't think anybody's going to see it coming, but I got the Chiefs smashing the Buccaneers 38-13. to 13. Yeah, about that. So I'm actually going to say Tampa Bay is going to pull an upset on this and win 24-21, to 21. and I'm going to tell you why. People are actually expecting the Chiefs to dismantle the Buccaneers, okay? And I get it. I disagree. You I don't think any. I, I don't think anybody's expecting uh, the Chiefs to destroy the. T- I think. I think people are expecting this to be a a really good game, either real a real close game, either uh, not too many scores or a lot of scores. See, I think that's. I think that's what people are seeing, in my opinion. Well, a lot of the people I've talked to about this have been saying, "Dude, the Chiefs are going to destroy them." The the Buccaneers, they they're overrated, and I'm like, okay, yeah, they might be overrated. They might not be the best team yet. Yet, I believe they have an overrated quarterback, not overrated team. But go on. All right, I can agree with that. But you got also factor in that Brady is older than my fucking uh, whatever. But sure, I I, <laughs> I think that the game's gonna be a lot less scoring, and I feel like uh, Tampa Bay is gonna win at twenty four to twenty one. And uh, you know, you see a lot of teams with good offenses and stuff, but sometimes you really don't see a blowout. And, like, with something like this, you can't give the fucking Chiefs the ball. So I see a lot of 
time of possession going towards Tampa Bay. I feel like they're going to be running it a lot more than we're seeing. Um, I feel like they're going to make sure that they can't put Kansas City in any position to just have all the time in the world do whatever. Uh, the Tampa Bay's defense is not what it's always been. It's actually been a lot more improved. Um, they're not the best, but it's a lot better than what every Tampa Bay fan's been watching over the fucking past, what, 10 years, 12 years? But um, I think Tampa Bay defense can actually hold off the Chiefs' offense if, if Tampa Bay can control the clock. That's the only way I can see Tampa Bay winning it. Yeah, don't get me wrong. When I when I got the Chiefs smashing the Buccaneers in this game, that that's just my that's just my bold opinion that I think can happen more than anything else that I'm thinking as a bold prediction. I don't think that Tampa Bay can't win at all, but I got the Chiefs winning here by a landslide. Well, eh. all right. So I'm gonna throw you another one. Um, Titans and Colts. Who do you have winning, and what is your score prediction? Okay, so this game is going to be interesting. It's for first place in the AFC South, and DeForest Buckner actually just was found out he just tested positive for COVID, so now he's going to be out, and he's an important factor on that defensive line for the Colts. Um, so my bold prediction for this game is I got Derrick Henry going over 125 yards and getting two rushing touchdowns in this game. Uh, there's just gonna, I think there's just going to be a little bit more opening uh, in the defensive front, and there's going to be more room for Derrick Henry to just slide through there and and do his thing. Uh, but uh, I think that I trust Philip Rivers more than Ryan Tannehill in this game right now, just based off their productivity the last few weeks. So I actually have the Colts winning by a field goal, uh, twenty four to twenty one. But I think that Derrick Henry will still ball and still do what he does because he still does that stuff even in the losses. I mean, so, yeah, they played each other previously. You know, the, the Colts ended up winning the game. But, you know, Henry still did his thing. Um, I'm going to have to – about that. So, I, I don't see the Titans getting swept by the Colts. I don't. It won't happen. Now, if they play each other in the playoffs, then I could see one or another winning it with the uh, win margin. Um, I see the Titans winning it 28-24, to coming down to the Colts' final drive. And I feel like Phillip Rivers will throw a pick to end the game and seal it off for the Titans. Derrick Henry, I agree with his two-touchdown performance and the 100-plus <laughs> yards. I mean, he did it with Buckner playing, and I think he's going to do it definitely without him. But, you know, it's a divisional rivalry game. I, I don't see the Titans getting swept by them just because the Titans can also produce points, and they're not the Titans from the past <laughs> years. They are a true Super Bowl contending team. You know, they had a coach that was playing chess with Bill Belichick in New England last year in the wild card. Who wasn't like all these other coaches playing checkers with him. He was playing chess and got the win in New England. So I see the Titans coming down towards the end of the game. They'll have two-minute warning. They'll get a touchdown or whatever with like a minute 30 left. Philip Rivers and them, they'll, they'll start off at the 25-yard line. Uh, they'll have one timeout left. I see them going down the field. The first two plays, they'll get like 20, 25 yards in the first two plays. And then I see the Titans coming together, stalling the offense of the Colts. I see Philip Rivers getting down to about 
the 15, the 10 yard line, he, there's going to be like basically between a second to 15 seconds left, and he's going to throw a pick in the end zone. And I'm calling that right now. <clears throat> so, everybody that's listening to this, when we get this aired, remember what I said. I just want to go on the record here that. I know that I said earlier that I really despise the Titans organization with just the disrespect that they brought to the Ravens organization, but that's not why I'm picking the Colts. I do, you know, I don't, I just don't think that Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry's productivity will be enough in my opinion to win this game uh, for the Titans. That's where I was going with that. I just wanted to throw that out there. Cause I know earlier I did say that I had some hate for the Titans organization right now, but that is not why I'm picking them to lose. All right. <clears throat> so, I'm going to go ahead and uh, take over here. I want to pass this uh, to you. I want to start with the Chargers-Bills game because this is a game that we highlighted as well. I want to get your take and prediction on this. All right. So like I was telling you earlier prior to this podcast, um, I actually see the Chargers pulling the win in a shootout, 38-35, uh, to 35, down to a game-winning kick. Um, the Chargers record doesn't show it, but the past few seasons, the Chargers are like they're like <clears throat> the best worst team that I've ever witnessed. I mean, <clears throat> I've seen Colin Coward talk about them. I've seen other NFL analysts talking about them. Like, I even see NFL players talking about them. Like, people have said, like, you never ever look at a team thinking they could be undefeated or winless at the same time compared to the Chargers. I mean, last year, they had, what, every game they played in came down to, like, a final play or whatever. <laughs> like, they, they were never blown out. Every game, every game was decided by seven points or fewer. Yeah, so I mean, they were always in the game, regardless of what's going on, and that's the same thing this year. Uh, you know, I, I I just see the Chargers because like, you can't say like looking at the record like what well, the Bills win because if you actually watch football, you know damn well the Chargers are a good team. They're just for some reason they can't like finish off a game correctly, but I see them winning thirty thirty five in a shootout. Uh, I see Herbert getting uh, four touchdown passes for like 350. And I see Josh Allen getting, uh, we'll say, 380, three touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. And then, you know, running backs will get their one touchdown on each team. Um, And then I see the Chargers actually getting a game win field goal towards the end of the game. I like that, but about that. I can't pick the Chargers. I got to go with the Bills here. Uh, but you're right about everything you said. Like, the, the Chargers are a good team. They just are having a hard time finishing games, and that's exactly what the Ravens' MO is right now. Uh, the Ravens just have – the Ravens are just uh, winning a little bit more games than the Chargers are right now is the difference. But, yeah, the Chargers are a great team. They got a good rookie quarterback. He's on pace to break several rookie records. Uh, they got Keenan Allen. Uh, he's a really good wide receiver. The offensive line has been really good for uh, LA so far this year. Um, they're not the best O line, but they have been. But they have been working really hard this year to keep uh, Justin Herbert safe in the pocket and everything. And he's been doing really well. But the but the reason I'm picking the Bills is because of also what you said. Because they're not you know because they're not good at finishing games right now. Uh, they're, they only have three wins when they could be undefeated. Yeah. Like they say it best. Like I've never seen a team that could be undefeated and winless at the exact same time. It's crazy. Uh, 
But the Bills have been doing really good the last few weeks, productivity-wise. Josh Allen has been balling, looking like an MVP uh, conversation-type guy recently. He had a struggle in uh, weeks five through seven a little bit, but he's gotten right back in the saddle, and he's you know he hasn't been making a lot of mistakes this year. So uh, in my honest opinion, I think the Bills keep it rolling. But, yeah, it's going to be a close game. The Chargers are always in it. But I got the, char- I got the Bills winning, excuse me, 30-27 to 27 just by a field goal in this game. All right, so that's one thing we agree on. It's coming down to a field goal. Yes, it, yeah, I also agree. Yeah, it will come down to a field goal, but I got the Bills winning this one. All right, I mean, either way, you know, I agree with you for the most part, except for who wins. But other than that, I like that take, you know. We we see eye-to-eye eye on the whole game. We see eye-to-eye eye on both teams. Yeah, we, I mean, I, if you're a football fan, like you said, <clears throat> you know that the Chargers are a good team. Like, they have good, you know, they have a good coach. Uh, they have good guys on the offense and, you know, a couple of good guys on the defense, you know. Uh, they could use a little upgrade in the secondary. Uh, but other than that, the Chargers as a whole are talented and can win more games. So, yeah, anybody who's watching uh, the Chargers sees that. For sure. All right. Uh, how about the Vikings-Panthers game? That's going to be a pretty interesting game right there. What's your take and prediction on that? All right. So, I do want before I get into that, I also want to apologize for everybody that's listening to this. So in the last podcast when I talked about Christian McCaffrey getting the thousand yards receiving and rushing since what, Roger Craig, I was incorrect on that. It was actually Marshall Falk. Just wanted to update you on that. That way y'all weren't getting incorrect information. Oh, how um, nice of you. You know, I look out for the fans. But um so I actually have Carolina winning this one, uh thirty five to twenty eight. Um is PJ Walker starting or is it Teddy Bridgewater? Because I, I don't know if Bridgewater still hurts. I know he was supposed to miss <clears throat> very, what, like a couple weeks or something like that. Uh, right now, Teddy Bridgewater is slated to start. All right. So, what was his knee, right? That's what he fucked up with. <clears throat> yeah, it was, I think it was a knee or a hip injury, one of those two. All right. So, I see it being a shootout, but not. So, honestly, if. Teddy Bridgewater's knee's fine and it doesn't affect him throwing it. All right, it's going to be Carolina putting up passing yards and Minnesota's going to stick with the run game with uh, Dalvin Cook. I mean, regardless on who's playing for the Panthers, the, the Vikings are going to play with the run. And Je- Justin Jefferson might have a going-off game. Um, I, w- I would like to see P.J. Walker start again, though. I mean, the guy has a very good story, you know, undrafted, got waived. Uh, goes to the XFL, was undefeated, and then gets picked up by Carolina, wins his first game in the NFL. Um, but I, I like Carolina just due to the fact they have a very underrated offense. Um, uh, they have, what, Roby Anderson and DJ Moore. Like, they Roby Anderson was in the, the top five for receiving yards for, like, half the season. And then now you have Moore that's in the top five now, and Roby Anderson got bumped out. Uh, I like the weapons they have. They're probably going to have two 1,000-yard wide receivers. Uh, they got they got a very good offense, that, but it's like very low-key, though, because you don't hear anybody talk about them. Their defense is kind of iffy, though. I mean, they did shut out Detroit, but, I mean, Detroit's not looking good themselves right now. But I do like Carolina winning this. It, it, <laughs> I, I see them winning it. Basically, it's going to come down to either Bridgewater – or Kirk Cousins, and one of them's going to fuck up. Like, that's the only way I see Carolina kind of just winning it, though, because I feel like Kirk Cousins can't 
win these types of games. I mean, he has won a couple, like, uh, uh, must-wins games or whatever. <clears throat> I just don't see Kirk Cousins being the guy to <clears throat> keep up in the shootout. So, I like Carolina. Yeah, this was a tough game, but I got to – about that. <sighs> because wow. I got the Vikings here. <clears throat> the reason why is because I don't think the Vikings are going to lose – twice in a row, especially losing to the Dallas Cowboys last week. That was a tough one. That was a tough pill to swallow for the Vikings. I don't think they're going to lose another game again. I think they're looking for revenge. I think they want to win this game really, really badly just to show like that they're, you know, they're still good that they're still in this thing. Cause you know, they still have a chance to get back into this thing. The Vikings, despite having a not so good start to the season, but you know, Dalvin Cook is there, and he's helping them out really well. I got the Vikings winning 27-14. to 14. I do agree with you on the fact that I think uh, it's going to come down to one of these quarterbacks fucking up in the game, and I, I'm going to give it to Teddy Bridgewater just because he's coming off of an injury. Uh, I think he's ready to play. I just think that things aren't going to go his way uh, during this game, and I think, like I said, I think the Vikings are looking to like make a little statement so that they, they know people know that we're still in this even though we took a hard pill to swallow a loss against the Dallas Cowboys last week. Okay. I can agree with that. <clears throat> yeah, and, and you know, he's also got, like you said, he's got Justin Jefferson, and he's also got Adam, Adam Thielen out there. So, you know, Kirk Cousins has those guys to throw to, and I trust Kirk Cousins' arm to throw to guys. You know, I think that Kirk Cousins can can win a nail-biter. I mean, do you not – or wait, I'm sorry. I was going to bring up the Minnesota Miracle, but that wasn't even him. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> I almost did it. I almost did it because I was feeling myself on this take. But, I mean, I do think, though, that the Vikings, you know, are going to have a statement win in this one. Well, we'll find out this weekend. All right. And last but certainly not least, it's the Eagles-Seahawks game. Obviously, Cam, what is your take on this? <laughs> like how you emphasize that, obviously. Um, obviously. So – with uh, Jeffrey Laurie putting his foot down and telling the Eagles organization, like, y'all better get the fucking offense together. Because, I mean, the defense has not been atrocious this year, but, like, our offense has. Um, <clears throat> I think this is a statement game to prove that we're not as bad as people think we are. Uh, I actually have the Eagles winning 31-24, to and I'm only saying this is – if our offensive line can hold up with the change that we have from Jason Pierce going to left tackle back to right guard where he was supposed to be playing, and we have Jordan Matov playing left tackle, I feel like if that holds up, we can win the game with the proper protection Wentz needs. If Wentz can get the protection and the right play calling, we can win this game. And um, it's going to be a close game because, I mean, we have not beaten Russell Wilson. We're like 0-6 against him and Pete Carroll. Um, I could see us pulling this upset. I see us making this a statement game, and I see us just doing very well through later the season. <clears throat> yeah, about that. I couldn't, <sighs> I couldn't pick the Eagles, man. I wanted to, but I do have this being a close game with you because, like you said, the defense has been playing really well, and – uh, you know, I think the pass defense for the Eagles has been pretty consistent. So I think that when it comes to Russell Wilson, who's really good, you know, obviously in the passing game, 
I think that that will definitely help y'all for sure. I think it'll they'll be able to limit Russell Wilson to a certain amount of yards rather than him exploding for like 300 or 350 plus. <clears throat> but I think this is, you know, I wanted to pick the Eagles, but in my honest opinion, this is a chance for the Eagles uh, offense to shine because the Seattle defense is pass The passing defense for the Seattle Seahawks hasn't been that great this year. They just got Jamal Adams back. So that helps. But in all reality, you know, the pass defense still hasn't been up to par this year. So Carson Wentz has an opportunity to, you know, throw this ball the way he does and get stuff done. But I, I, I don't know, man. I just, I just couldn't give it to the Eagles. It's just, just cause you know, the last couple of weeks have been rough for them and in games where I thought, you know, where I had them winning for sure or thought they were going to win for sure. They let me down. And this, this, this week they're playing a harder, the harder team than they have in the past two weeks against uh, the Seattle Seahawks. So, but I do have it a close game. I have Seattle 30 to 21. <laughs> Yeah, about that. So, I, I just got one more final say on this. Sure. All right. You're a football fan. If you've watched the Eagles in the past few years, like I've been saying, we are a late-season team. We don't play for shit in the first half. When the second half of the season comes around, gears start turning. Wentz starts playing really good. I mean, he's been pretty fairly consistent over the past few years to prior to this season. But... I feel like we finally get our shit together, especially with the owner coming down there and telling them, like, shit needs to get fucking fixed or I'm making changes. And he's not talking about players. He is talking about GMs, coaches, all that. I don't see Doug Pearson losing his job, obviously. But I see Howie Roseman going, hopefully. But I feel like we're going to pull the upset. So you said that that you're a second-half team. Uh, the second, the yeah, in right, the in, right in the in the season, right in the second half of the season, team. Um, well, I mean, the second half of the season started in week nine, and you guys had you know easy games, but you know, obviously, we know how those went. So yeah, but I mean, look, it's it's only been a few games. Watch us start clicking, and when we start clicking, everyone's going to be like, "Well, it's coming down to the football team, maybe the Giants and Eagles." I mean. I'll get to the the Cowboys later in this segment. This is going to be great. Can we just say, though, how crazy it is that the NFC East this year will probably, the winner of that division will probably only have at max six wins? I actually don't see that. I can honestly see um, somebody having nine wins. Please, no, 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 no. That is a stretch. Holy, no, please don't. Please don't because are you gonna about that? Because I'm about that. I'm not looking at about you. that though. Here's the thing. The fact that you think that one of those teams you said that one of those teams was gonna get nine wins. You didn't come out real quick and say that the Eagles, because we already know you think it's gonna be the Eagles. But we all know that there's no way that the Eagles football team, Cowgirls, fucking Giants, whatever. Well, the Cowgirls are out of that spot now. But, but- just look, just just look. Hear me out, okay, Gorilla. I'm not looking at you. I'm getting tired of your negativity right now. So, watch us fucking pull this off. I am telling you, watch this shit fucking happen. And when it does, I want everyone to be like, ha ha, you're mad. I would love to see the Eagles beat the Seahawks. That would be crazy. Everybody would be like, how the hell did the Eagles just beat the Seahawks 
they couldn't beat the Giants. I already know all the talk and all the Eagles fans are going to be so happy. I would love to see it, but I don't think it's going to happen personally. It's just, the you know, the Seahawks are just, in my opinion, a lot better at this moment in time. All right, well, we'll find out. Anyway, on to think the two Thanksgiving games that happened. I want to start you off on what you liked about the Detroit Lions and Texans game, and what are some of your takeaways on that? Well, first things first, happy late Turkey Day again, everybody. We hope you stuffed your faces well enough yesterday. All you fat asses. <clears throat> um, it was it was surprising to me. I wasn't expecting this game to be you know high scoring. You know, both teams had you know more than twenty points. I wasn't expecting either team to have more than twenty points going into the game. So the games, you know, both games, you know, lived up better expectations for everybody. But you know, the Texans Lions game. Was was actually pretty fun to watch. I mean, both teams were really neck and neck for the for the first half of football, and then once the second half came around, the Texans just started punching the Lions right in the mouth. And you know, everyone knows about the the pick six from JJ Watt uh, into the end zone for the touchdown that really just put over the Texans in that game. Just the dominant streak just didn't stop there. You know, Deshaun Watson flinging a. I don't remember what it was, but I'm pretty sure it was like 35, 40 plus yard touchdown pass to Will Fuller uh, mm-hmm. towards the end of the game. So, you know, the offense was really getting to gear and we really saw how talented Deshaun Watson really is, despite the Texans only being four and seven this year. They did have a really tough four game stretch like we talked about earlier at some point. But uh, in all reality, this game really did show how talented Sean Watson is, even though he lost his best receiver out, you know, his best deep threat receiver on the team and uh, all this other stuff happening, have it, you know, a new coach now in there, Bill O'Brien got fired. So a lot of things have changed since last year. Uh, But Deshaun Watson, like I said, he's still stepping up. He's still doing his thing, even though they have four wins and I'm rooting for the Texans to get back in and win and win some more games this year. But overall, the game was really good. The Texans blew them out forty-one to twenty-five. It was a, it was a, it was a fun sight to see. Mm, for sure, it uh, it it set the table for the awesome meal that I ate right before I watched uh the Dallas Cowboys Washington football team game. Which, of course, since you're an NFC East uh division fan, I'll I'll, I'll pass this one over to you. What do you think about the Thanksgiving game between the football team and the Cowboys? So for all you sorry ass fucking Cowboys fans, oh uh, here it comes. Yeah, fuck y'all. All right. So I don't want to hear it's because we don't have Prescott. No, y'all weren't winning shit with him anyway. You barely beat the fucking Falcons. Kind of okay? true. Yeah. I I I'm tired of hearing the bullshit. Zeke, I'm not saying he's bad. Okay. Obviously, it has to do with a little bit of coaching. You know, McCarthy don't he don't never use his fucking running backs. Well, I mean, your offensive line doesn't help. I will cut you some slack on that. Back to what I was saying about the goddamn draft. Y'all were fucking stupid enough to draft a wide receiver and not fix your secondary. Um, right now, obviously, in that game, it wasn't the secondary that struggled, but it was the cause for most of y'all's losses. The football team butt-raped y'all. They held you down and said, take this turkey dick, okay? Oh, they my ran, God. They, they ran the ball all over y'all, okay? It was great. I wanted the football team to win. I was rooting for them. I tried to bet $500 with one of our fans of the show, and I know he's going to be listening to it, and he will text me. No, you did not try to bet him that much he, money. I did, and he said he didn't have it, and I was like, damn. So, anywho. Good thing you didn't take that. I know. I would have been like, Ooh. He would have so been taking get, that turkey dick instead of uh, the 
he would have been yeah. taking the turkey dig with his team. Oh, it's okay. I'd, I'd make a payment plan for him. But anyway, <laughs> get to 20 touches, 115 yards, three touchdowns. Okay. Um, Alex Smith, not a great performance, but game managing enough where, like how he is. Okay. 19 for 26, 149 yards, touchdown and a pick. Okay. I don't expect him to put up 300 something yards every game like he did against Detroit. I don't. But he's a good game manager. I like Alan, Alex Smith. I always loved him. Um, let's talk about that. The tight end, uh, Thomas. He had like a what, little gadget play to Terry McLaurin where he fucking threw it down 28 yards. Um, Dalton, sorry, ass, 25 for 30. Uh, uh, 25 for 35, my bad. Uh, 215, not bad. Touchdown and a pick. Again, y'all's offense is good. Okay, I gave you the slack. I gave you the slack on the offensive line. Defense, atrocious, laughing stock. Like I said, Early 2010s Saints. Um, Zeke, 10 carries, 32 yards, and a fumble. Okay. Um, Pollard, he did good, but I'm not going to talk about him. I just want to fucking clown you right now. I'm tired of hearing Dallas fans run their mouth. Uh, Peyton Barber on the football team, 11 carries, uh, 57 yards. They ran the ball all over you. You had your two starting linebackers. Couldn't do shit. Sorry-ass fucking team. Um Final score of that, just in case none of y'all heard me or seen it, uh, the football team won 41 to 16. Uh, Montez Sweat had a pick six, batted the shit down, ran it in for a touchdown. I laughed my ass off. I texted a buddy of mine, Jawan. He didn't get back to me for a good hour about that. And he's like, he's like, man, our defense. Well, no shit, y'all. I laughed at y'all. I texted him. I texted like a lot of Dallas fans. Like, why did you draft a wide receiver in the first round? Just to be petty because the Eagles <laughs> need him. Dallas Goddard. Okay. Y'all sorry ass team fucked up, you know, prior to the injuries on the offensive line. Even when you had everybody, you still weren't winning game. Your your defense is atrocious. It 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 is it's like it's like the worst fucking thing ever. Like, goddamn, at least the Saints could get, like, six or seven wins with that fucking defense. Y'all fucking only have, what, two? Sorry-ass fucking team. And that's all I got to say. Well, tell us how you really feel next time. I mean. <laughs> I mean, I can't actually. I was only at, like, 50% right there. I just had a clown. Yeah, I mean, you, you gave him a compliment in there, so you definitely only kept it at 50%. Jesus. Exactly. Um, I mean, I, I had to account for their flaws you, with the injury. You brought up gadget plays, dude. There was tons of gadget plays this week. Bro, you failed to mention that fumble ruski that the Washington football team pulled. That crazy play where Alex, oh, yeah, where like yeah. the running back took the ball, it was underneath his like butt pretty much, and like Alex Smith acted like he was taking it to the right, and then you know what was it? What was it? Peyton Barber or was that? Uh, or was that uh, the other name is slipping me right now? Gibson, yeah. Been or was it McKissick? Was it McKissick? I don't know. I have to look back at it, but it went for what? How many yards was it? I mean, like, they got the first. It was a gadget play on like a third and f- I think it was on like a third and five or it was like a second and five or a third and five yeah, or something. Yeah, I've seen that. I just don't, I don't remember who had it. I'd have to look back at it. But yeah, that but yeah, that was that, a crazy little trick. Like that confused me. Like I was act, I was trying to act like a referee putting that play together. <laughs> I was like, how does yeah. that work? Yeah, like, come on. Y'all had Andy Dalton. I don't want to hear it because there's no Prescott. You cannot say that. You cannot defend that team saying no Prescott. You would have been in it points-wise, but your defense would have failed you. I mean, goddamn, you let the football team 
put up their most points of the season against you all. I mean, you know, they were in. I mean, Andy, every, I'm sorry to cut you off, but Andy Dalton. I mean, he started off good. Like he started the game off pretty good. Like his stats were good. Like he, he was did. throwing the ball he well. Did. But then he just like yeah. Then it, it like the once the he team did. starts going downhill, you know, the quarterback. It's weird because once the entire team starts to malfunction a little bit, the quarterback starts to malfunction. I mean, but Dalton then I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna be nice. Dalton wasn't bad that game. I mean, the interception really wasn't even his fault. It was just a nice play by Montez Sweat. Oh, yeah. It but was like, definitely a, a great defensive play. Yeah. But, I mean, who – who? all right, so you're at your fucking 25, 30-yard line on your own end, and you're going to call a fucking fake punt with a sweep or whatever. And it's like it's, – it's fucking fourth and ten, and you're like, all right, that makes no goddamn sense. The football team played it great. They get the ball. Gibson runs it up the field for a touchdown. I go, you're mad. I'm back. Big mad. He's sad, et cetera. You know, sounds like so, someone lame said that once, but. I mean, but it sounds good right now for this segment. Sure. So, anywho, the fucking football team went in the game. He made everybody's Thanksgiving. I got to watch that uh, NFL memes uh, page. And they posted like they always when the Cowboys lose because I don't know if you pay attention to it or not or anybody's listening. Um, they post memes and they troll the fuck out of the Cowboys. Oh okay? yeah, they trolls they troll the Cowboys so, so hard. They had one where they had the bye week beating them by like thirty points. Yeah, so like you know that picture they have where they keep posting quarterbacks in it, and it's like we we still them boys or whatever, dude. Instead of putting like Alex Smith in it because I mean they had what Kyle Allen in the first one or whatever, they put a fucking turkey in it. <laughs> oh my god that's great i mean the cowboys are the easiest team to really meme hard for you know what i mean like it's just i mean everyone dick rides that sorry ass organization i mean yeah y'all were great 20 like what, that's why years, i mean i was about to say ago. they got the term america's team for a reason but yeah like they haven't been that good the last like decade pretty much Not, i wouldn't even say that i mean they had like a few runs i mean uh, but like prior, but in that, that division, you know, like that division, like we saw that, like I don't know if anybody watched the game, but they had a stat sheet pull up during the game for the NFC East. They literally haven't had a repeat division winner in a decade. And you know who the last team was to have that? Go ahead. Uh, I would just like to emphasize it. It was the Eagles, <laughs> of course. I mean, we did have a very dominant team throughout the two thousands. We basically ran the, that whole decade. Um, you know, obviously we've had our ups and downs the past 10 years, but I mean, overall, I mean, NFC East has always been competitive though. I mean, this year it's a joke, but I mean, yeah, I was about to say there's two different types of competitive. It's, you know, that this year, overall throughout the course of this division, I mean, it's always a competition. You can't count out anybody. And like, it don't even matter. Like in any division, you know, you have teams that could suck and be good, but when it's a divisional game, that doesn't matter what your record is. Like, it, the fucking Eagles could be 0-15, and, and the Cowboys could be 15-0 and 0 or whatever. Dude, the fucking Eagles can get one win against them and fucking surprise everybody. And, I mean, we all know a team that was 0-15 and, and won a game back in the, uh, the 2000s, it was the... 0-15 at the time, Miami Dolphins against the 9-6 and Baltimore Ravens. I, re- I actually, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Dolphins ended up pulling an upset, making the Baltimore Ravens miss the playoffs. And they went 1-15. Yeah, anything can happen, dude. 
for sure. So I, I had to throw that little fun fact. In there, I, I'm yeah. glad that you had to bring in that little fun fact with my team. I love it. It's so great. I know. I, I, I love it too. You know, I just make sure you're okay over there. Yeah, you, you just want to make sure I'm getting involved, right? Yeah, yeah. I just need to make like sure I haven't been involved the history. whole episode. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking. Yeah, about. I'm not looking at you. But anyways, I'm not looking. You. Anyways, guys, we thank y'all for listening again, and we hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving again. We're thankful for all of our fans who listen to these episodes, and we're thankful for our families, obviously. Cam, you want to throw us with any last remarks? Uh, like we missed, like Devin or Gorilla was saying, uh, hope y'all had a good Thanksgiving. You know, we got Christmas and New Year's coming up faster than you, you can blink. Um, anybody that's also in interested in buying the merchandise that we talked about in our previous podcast visit our page and you can figure out how to get you your friends and family a jersey for your favorite sports team for these holidays coming up gotta get them soon guys they gotta buy two get one free sale coming up so make sure that you get your family all the jerseys that they want and love for sure and they don't disappoint i promise y'all i'm about to get myself my Jalen rager jersey and I love my Lamar Jackson, Justin Tucker, and Mark Andrews jerseys that I got. Yes, I got those three guys' jerseys. All right, guys. Well, y'all, y'all enjoyed the podcast. Uh, please send us some feedback. I uh, hope y'all enjoyed it. Uh, Gorilla, good talking to you again as always. Always to you too, Damn Cam. Thank y'all for watching. This has been the Damn Cam and Gorilla Show. Have a good night, y'all.